Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. Chris is no longer with us. Just kidding. He's still with us, just not right now. So I'm one of your hosts for today, Rye, and I am joined once again by awesome friend of the show. Hello. I was going to make a joke that I killed Chris, but you just kind of, you killed my joke. So at least something died. Well, a couple of, a couple of things died in this movie. Oh, absolutely. So I have thoughts on this movie, but before we talk about that today, Andy and I are talking about Rob Zombie's 31. I wanted to do something slightly bloody. And when it comes to Rob Zombie, it's always bloody. Right. Which is why I have feelings about this movie. I love the way the movie starts. You don't really know what's going on. You have a guy that's talking right to the camera. Which is, and it's in black and white, which is an interesting way to start off the movie. And then by the time you hear someone answering, so you know they're not, like they're addressing you, but they're addressing whoever's behind the camera as well. By the time the camera turns around, you realize that this sick fuck is torturing a priest. (laughs) So I was like, oh, good, strong start to a Rob Zombie horror movie. I'm excited. I was also really excited to see that Malcolm McDowell was in this. And of course, Sherry Moon Zombie. Can't go wrong with her. So the, the premise of this movie is that Five carnies, I don't particularly like the term, but that's in the synopsis. So five carnival workers uh, get trapped and are forced to play a sadistic game called 31. Now, there's no significant of the number 31 besides the fact that the game is played on Halloween, which is weird because they have 12 hours to survive, so... I don't know. I felt like 31 should have been involved in the game somehow, but... Well, an interesting piece of trivia that I read was that part of the reason why it's called 31 and it takes place on Halloween night is because Rob Zombie read a fact or read a statistic that said more people in the U.S. disappear on Halloween night than any other night. And he thought it would be an interesting premise for a movie. My problem with that was... It's not about people that are aware of the fact that, oh, this happened last year and the year before that and the year before that. It just sort of gets thrown into the movie. So if I hadn't read that, I wouldn't have made that connection. So I feel like now that I know that, I would have liked to have seen that tied into the movie a little bit more. And I did find it really refreshing that the carnival workers were the ones that were being attacked, not doing the attacking, because that is a trope that I've seen in horror movies before, and it gets really tiring. But you know what? If you come to actually think about it, the entire head gang is basically, like, almost carnival-esque workers themselves. Yeah. Well, with the clown makeup and everything, I guess. So it's it's kind of like a, a little ironic twist where it's like, they are carnival workers being attacked by, like, clowns and shit. It's a a weird little trope. Well, initially, the carnival workers were also supposed to have clown face on, but Rob Zombie Zombie was like, no, I'm not doing that. That's that's irritating me. So it's just the sadistic fuckers that 
were attacking them. My initial thought in this movie was that, because I think it's something that one of the twins, one of the clown psycho twins said. My initial thought in this movie was that if there was a survivor, they were going to be forced to join and then participate. That's what I thought. Based on some of the small stuff that I was reading, Rob Zombie, I think, initially wanted to create a 31 universe so that this wouldn't be the only one that we would see, not the only story we would follow. Which would kind of make sense because they leave they leave a little bit of, like, um. Uh... What the fuck is the word for it? Ambiguity. For, like, uh, throughout certain things, they, like, mention something that's not really important to the plot, but, like, it would definitely be important to, like, a bigger world. This movie came out in 2016. Now, given how long it takes, no offense, Rob Zombie, for him to create sequels, maybe we'll see a 31-2 or a 31 part 2 or a whatever the hell he wants to call it. But I was sort of hoping, based on the way this movie went, that Charlie, played by Sherry Moon Zombie, was going to end up as part of the crowd. Because they killed enough of them off, and I had the feeling that they had other people at their disposal. But that's still a hope that I have for a sequel or, you know... Well, um, one of the people, when they were trying to figure out who was the last one to bring in, uh, they started, like, naming off different people. And they were like, no, let's not go with them. Um, so that's another thing that made me think, like, oh, maybe there'll be a sequel at some point. But like you said, Rob Zombie takes fucking forever to come out with sequels. Or movies in general. He really does. Now, I have to say, like, I haven't I haven't seen a ton of his movies. I've seen enough. House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects are probably two of my f- all-time favorite Rob Zombie movies. You mean not Halloween too? No. And not Halloween either. Like, so not a fan. And it's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he, he made a choice and that's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) But watching Sherry Moon in that, it was kind of nice to see her like being tortured and not being baby Firefly and like actively going after people to kill them. So that was kind of refreshing. Although Charlie does do her fair share of maiming in this movie. Two of the... I keep calling them the twins because I'm pretty sure they called them the psychotic twins or something like that. The two clowns with the chainsaws. Uh, was that Psychohead and Schizohead? Maybe. I believe so. So, I don't know about you, but during this movie, I was wondering if it was intentional that I was getting Otis Firefly and Captain Spaulding vibes from these two. It is not an accident. That was absolutely on purpose. It was an homage to both of them. Which, rest in peace, Captain Spaulding. Although my favorite psycho in this entire movie was Doomhead. Oh yeah, Doomhead was... He had such an amazing entry to the movie. Not only only the fucking badass cold open we got with him, but like... 
how he gets introduced as to like being called in and just like how he he's acting completely different and then once he goes into the shed with all this weapons and and shit he puts on music and it's like a classical music and he's painting his face white and it's just the most amazing scene he's painting his face white his eyes he blackens a little bit but then yeah to really show you the kind of people you're fucking dealing with he punches himself in the face and i absolutely love the way that turned out in combination with the outfit he had on oh yeah he was absolutely my favorite absolutely hands down oh yeah i think one of my favorite lines was what am i working with and the guy said four hours and 37 minutes and he goes i could kill your whole family in that time (laughs) wow okay you're definitely dealing with like a group of sadistic fucks in this movie and i still i want to know like how this started how I think it's Sister sister Serpent, Sister Dragon, and Father Murder were the three, like, rich heads that were dealing with all of this. I would love to know how they came together and decided to do this. And how they got what seems like a whole town involved. Because the girl that plays Sex Head hit on one of the guys next to the van. So she was obviously involved. Yeah, so... Yeah, that that town was definitely all all involved. Did you have any issues with this movie or did you like overall just really enjoy it? Uh, I had my few issues. I had my few issues here. Like what? I didn't like the ending as much. I don't know, it just felt like like he didn't know how to end it, so it just ended. Um and and I really didn't like that. I mean, I understand where he was going with it, but like, I just kind of wanted to see it go the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. He left it, it felt like he left it open-ended for uh, an extended franchise or universe. But I feel like you can still end this movie, like this chapter, and still leave it open-ended for a universe. There's 65 million other things I feel like you could have done that we didn't get to see get answered. So you still could have ended it. So I agree with you there. Yeah. Another another thing that I really didn't like, and they bring it up, and then they're just kind of like, all right, whatever, it happened. But it was, um, the lady says, like, what are we going to do if someone survives? Because that's never happened before. And I was like, wow, if that's never happened before, like, maybe they will try to recruit the person that lives or do something and um the 12 hours were up and they were like all right that's it weapons down you could go home and i'm like what (laughs) yeah i mean malcolm mcdowell's character did say um i'll have to get back to you on that but then we don't see a montage of him making a decision we see a montage of them getting dressed and i was like wait 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 you're just gonna leave her out there? You called the biggest psychopath that you know to come finish them off, and then you denied him that. 
You're not gonna have, maybe that was the point though. Maybe like they knew he was gonna do that anyway and that was the point, I don't know. I know one of my favorite scenes is with Sherry Moon Zombie where um, she's like holding sex head hostage and then um, one of the girls, uh, I forget her name, um, one of them asks her like, well, what are you gonna do with her? And then she just like, <laughs> fucking deadpan slits her throat and like throws her on the floor. I was like, yo, that was so badass. But I, and I remember I even wrote down, I hope that Charlie survives and gets recruited because she certainly has the disposition for it. It, it went from, I'm terrified, no killing, to killing, like zero to 60 with the with like the death and cannibalization of one of their friends and then now she's like no fuck everyone i'm getting out of here they're all gonna die now here's an interesting thing rob zombie said that this movie was his most brutal one to date do you agree with that because i don't oh really why not don't you think the devil's rejects is a little bit more brutal than this I guess a little bit, but there are, there are some sound effects that like tie it all in together with this movie, and I personally think that that's worth more than like brutality. Like hearing it, hearing it, it like just fucks with you on a whole different level. And there's a scene um, where one of the one of the twins like falls on the chainsaw. And you just fucking hear the chainsaw revving his stomach up. And, like, you just hear it all mushed together. And then the chain breaks. That shit was crazy. That was one of my favorites. But do we count that as brutality? Or do we count that as really, really great sound design? I mean, I guess you can put it into sound design. but Because if you, if you put that... I feel like we've seen chainsaw kills before... But I still feel like the things that happened in, like, House of a Thousand Corpses and and The Devil's Rejects were a little bit more on the brutal side than what happened in 31. I feel like 31 was tame in comparison. I mean, when it comes to Rob Zombie movies, whenever I see them, I expect two things and two things only. And it's... Sherry Moon Zombie and violence? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess those two also. So four things... But it's definitely gore and tits. Like, that's all you find in fucking Rob Zombie movies. Look at, for example, they, um, they mention her name in the beginning of the movie, Georgina. Now, the only scene that you see her in was she was, like, laying down, uh, like, chain, uh, tied down, um... And then they uncover her, and she's completely nude, and then they kill her with a chainsaw. <laughs> and I'm like, that has no relevance, but I'm down for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then there was that other girl that was completely naked the whole time with Father Murder and the two sisters. There were two of them. There were two of them. Oh, okay. I only saw the one. Oh, like when they're getting dressed, you see them walking up the stairs together, the two naked girls. Oh, okay. Don't get me wrong. I, it's it's sort of a thing in horror movies that there's nudity. I have nothing wrong with it. 
But sometimes I feel like it's you're doing it just to do it. Which, no offense to Rob Zombie, I feel like that's that's why it's in there. Because I didn't see any need for it. Like, it doesn't add anything. Although, maybe in Georgina's case, it adds to the shock value of her being there alive. The circumstance that she's in. And the circumstance that they're in. So, I guess for that, it adds something ever so slightly. The see the only problem, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm I'm pretty sure this happens. But you see Georgina's character, and then like, I think it's the following scene where they bring up like, oh that priest went missing a year ago, and then they found his body mysteriously in a dumpster. So I guess that was there to show you that like they had her the entire time torturing her for like a year. Well, that was. One of that was her father, because remember in his opening monologue, he says, "Oh, my friends liked your ki- liked your daughters, so they're with them now." But there was only one of them there, so what happened to the other one? I guess that was one of the dead girls and the guy who liked the Nazi, because remember there was a dead girl slumped over. Oh, okay, yeah. But wouldn't her like? Because if it's a year later, would her corpse not be? Or I guess it depends when they killed her. I mean, she didn't. She didn't look like old. She looked fairly fresh. So they he probably killed her either that morning or something like that, knowing that there was going to be more coming. See again, that ties into what I was saying before. They mentioned the priest, which we saw at the beginning. So. Only from that, like, there was no exposition. It doesn't say, like, one year later. You just, you hear it in passing. So we know it's a year later. So that's our only clue that this happens every year on Halloween. But now I want to, I, but then I sort of wanted to know, like, how did the tradition, and maybe this is why you expand the universe a little bit, but I really would love to know, like, how this tradition started. Like... How you got these people involved? Like, where did you find people to kill other people? And how many people do you have doing this if you have, like, a phone tree of psychopaths? I mean, well, we've seen that they were betting literal, like, millions of dollars on these people's deaths. So we know that these are rich people, so they probably hunted down, like, did some deep digging on psychopaths and... Maybe told them, like, listen, don't kill for the entire year. And then every year we'll pay you X amount of money to murder people. And you will, you'll never get caught. But I, but I, I also feel like their roster is probably very large because they seemed really, really unbothered with the amount of, like, staff that they lost. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, like, the guy that played, um, Doomhead, when you check out his bio, uh, he was actually a part of Halloween 2. Who was he in Halloween 2? Gary Scott. I have no idea who that was. Could have been a minor character. Probably. I love how when he's all together and ready, he looks at the guys that escorted him in and he was like, all right, you guys, you boys can take off for the night. Murder school is now in session. He's really like the sickest one out of all of them. 
I was, I don't know about you, but I was getting real Pennywise vibes from him. Um, in that, in that one scene where he's with, uh, with, uh, Sherry Moon and he's like talking to her and like, he's just kind of like drooling all over himself. But like, he has this like crazy ass look in his eye. I, I was just like, Ooh, I feel some, some Pennywise vibe from you. Oh, okay. I wasn't, I didn't see it while I was watching it, but now that you mention it, yeah, okay, I can get that a little bit from that. And I also got a lot of Joker-esque vibes from him, like almost as if he was a little based off of Joker. I could see that too. I just think that one of my, I think my number one and my all-time biggest issue with this movie was Rob Zombie made a point of saying this was his most brutal film to date. Yet, I find myself seeking this brutality elsewhere, and I feel like there are other Rob Zombie movies I could watch that could make up for that. And I, I wanted so much more than this movie gave. So, I know that they cut it at least two or three, there were two to, two to three different cuts of this movie to get it to an R rating because it used to be an NC-17 if I read that correctly so maybe the things that I want that I'm missing are in the first two cuts so can we have a director's cut of this so that I could like get the things that I feel like I'm missing yeah I definitely I would love I would love a director's cut of this movie I'm gonna be honest um I remember when this movie came out and I didn't see it, and I don't remember any trailers from it. I remember it coming out because I worked in a movie store for many years, and uh, I remember it going to theaters, I remember it coming to DVD, um, but I just don't remember seeing anything about it, and then you told me three or four days ago that this is the movie that we're watching, and I was like, okay, and I just jumped right into it. I didn't do any research i just kind of went in i didn't either i did the same thing i just jumped right in um i know it's been on shutter for a while uh which is where i watched it and also included on shutter they have the making of part one and two they also have the full cut of the movie with the director's commentary so I'd be interested to watch that to hear what they're going to talk about and see if he gives to see if Rob Zombie gives any tidbits as to a scene they might have taken out or an original idea they had for something that they couldn't do for whatever reason. There was a there was a scene where they killed um where they killed one of they killed someone and it was like an off angle shot and you didn't really see the killing happen you just heard it more than anything and maybe that was one of the cuts maybe they changed that i think that also it might have been a mistake to kill the other three people that were in the van with them so quickly because you've got 12 you've got 12 hours and five fucking people uh, what happens if they all got killed by one person in the first two hours? Then what are you going to do for the rest of the night? Just sit there and twiddle your thumbs and stick your thumb up your ass? Pay your psychopaths and be on your merry way. 
You make it in time to give kids Halloween candy. But if something tells me that that candy would have razor blades and poison in it. <laughs> I feel like part of the game is to just elongate it for as long as you can. I read something that's going to give you... Um, this is this goes even further beyond. And that is not a Dragon Ball reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... Zombie told fans on Facebook that a zombie cut would eventually be released on DVD and include the uncut version. To this day, there has not been an uncut version released to the public. Homework assignment. Everyone tweet Rob Zombie. <laughs> be like, where's my director's cut, bro? Where is it? Instead of making a Halloween 3, make another one. <laughs> make the <laughs> Give me my director's cut. No. They just, he just did three from hell. I don't, I don't think he's making a Halloween three, thankfully. Maybe he learned his lesson. I mean, it's going to compete with like the other Halloween movie coming out. And that movie will definitely blow it out of the water. The other two Halloween movies. Is it two or three? It's two. It's going to be three in total, I believe they said. So he did House of a Thousand Corpses in 2003. Devil's Rejects in 2005. Halloween... Oh, he did a fake trailer segment in Grindhouse in 2007. He released Halloween in 2007, Halloween 2 in 2009, some little stuff in between, and then Lords of Salem was in 2012, and then 31 came out in 2016, and now in 2019 we have 3 from Hell. He really, like, I guess he needs time to marinate ideas. That's one way to put it. I understand that it especially with horror, it takes a long time to get things made. However, when you're as popular as Rob's... This movie was crowdfunded, I might add. This wasn't backed by, like, a proper studio. This was all crowdfunded. And some of the people who helped crowdfund this movie actually got to be extras in it. So I'll just throw that out there. Sign me up. If you're a popular director like this and you crowdfund a movie and you know for shit sure that people are going to help you with this. I just, I, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just feel like you have all these resources. Pick some shit and make some movies, goddammit. I really, no, I, I don't want this to come off as like, and I hate Rob Zombie thing, because I, I really truly don't. But I, I think it's just because House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects made such an impression on me, and I hold them so close and so dear I could eat, I don't even have to be, I could be in any mood in the world and I will always want to watch either one of those two. I will never turn down an opportunity to watch them. Maybe 31 had it and we just lost it. You know what's fucking nuts is that this movie, A, it cost Rob Zombie less than House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Reject. And it made way less money than both. How much did it cost him to do this one? Because I know it was shot in 20 days. Was it really? Holy shit. That's, Im that's, that's impressive, 20 days. It, that is impressive. I'll give him that. That is if, For this caliber, it is extremely impressive. So how much did it cost him to do this? What did he get from the fans? $1.5 million. What? Yup. You got $1.5 million from fans, and you can't even put out a fucking director's cut on a DVD. But it's crazy, because, like, so other movies like House of a Thousand Corpses, um, 
the budget for that movie was seven million dollars and the budget for devil's reject was also seven million dollars for money wise this holds up to both of them pretty well for the amount of money that like he had to put into it and the number of 20 days still like mind fucks me right now <laughs> like honestly kudos to his entire team for putting this together especially with all the work and care and artistry that goes into making again horror movies because i mean all movies in general but we're talking about horror movies all of the work that you have to do all of that crunched into a 20 day period that's pretty fucking impressive but i'm still really mad that it's been three years and we still haven't seen a director's cut of this so i'm very happy that i picked this one i think we actually haven't even touched a rub zombie movie yet on this show so this is our first and we picked this one sorry chris you weren't here um <laughs> And I'm not... You can review Halloween. Yeah, you can... <laughs> Maybe Lords of Salem. We'll go with that one. I'm not disappointed that we picked this one to do. I'm just disappointed that I got blue balls <laughs> from, this, from this movie. I can see that. And I can see why. And I have already tweeted at Rob Zombie that I need the director's cut. <laughs> did, did you really? Yeah, I really did. You're tagged in it, so don't worry. You'll see that tweet. Oh my god, you did! Yes! Retweet. Listen, Rob Zombie. I know there are two cuts. <laughs> I know there are two more cuts. I will say that it does look like they had a really great, fun time doing all of this but even so i i just i wanted a little bit more than i got from this movie and it, that that feeling is disappointing you know it was crazy when um when the first psychopath was like going after them uh i forget his name do you know the first psychopath's name sickhead so when he was chasing them around one i thought it was fucking hilarious he was dressed like hitler <laughs> cuz that is just like not something that you would expect, and he spoke in Spanish only. It was the weirdest thing. The reason why he was speaking in Spanish was because Rob Zombie found out that he spoke Spanish fluently, and he thought it would add something to it if he did a lot of his lines in Spanish. So those are his lines. They're just in Spanish. It definitely added to the craziness of what we were watching. It did, because the whole time I thought he only spoke in Spanish. And then there was that scene where he went up to number five. And he was just like, five always dies first. And I was just like, what the fuck? No, it's four always dies first. Oh, four always. Yeah, yeah. Five was Sherry. I do like the act of unintentional cannibalism that was committed. Very Rocky Horror. Like, the whole scene was... Something right out of Rocky Horror. I expected it, though. Oh, I, I did, too. It. As soon as they said uh, that there was going to be food, I was like, that's a person, for starters. And that was a really quick, like, turnaround for that. But what did Malcolm McDowell say? I severely hope you all enjoyed your protein-enriched 
nutrients. <laughs> this is a this, this group of people. They are a bunch of sick fucks, and I oh, and I it. love it. But again, I want to know what the fuck possessed them to do this. So I just I think what I'm trying to say is as disappointed as I was in some of the outcome of this movie especially brutality wise I definitely want more within this existing universe and I don't know how or if it'll ever be accomplished but I don't think I will be nearly as disappointed I'm just saying if he got 1.5 million from backers and it was right up there with House of a Thousand Corpses like value like production value wise I feel like it was right up there with House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects and some of the other stuff that he's done. Now that we have officially closed the chapter on the Firefly family, I feel like there's so much more out there for him to explore. Like, give us another one of these. There's a whole universe out there, so let's do it. I just, I hate watching a movie, sitting there with my thoughts and then going huh you know what I really want to do I want to watch another movie from this director that I know I'll enjoy more that's not a feeling you want to you want to leave with and I feel bad I feel like it doesn't it's not coming across that I enjoyed this movie at all I did like it was fun but I just didn't get out of it what I was expecting I don't know the more random research I do into this movie the more I can respect it but it's like I still want more. <laughs> Give it to me. Don't mistake my, like, need for more as a complete and total dislike of all of this. It's, I didn't hate it. It was entertaining. I'm definitely going to watch it with the director's commentary because I want to see if there's anything else that I can learn. But again, I, expe I expected, especially after learning that this was supposedly his most brutal movie today, I expected more. And I felt like I didn't get that so that's that's just where I'm sitting with this movie right now I definitely still would watch his the rest of anything else that he makes I'm not like boycotting Rob Zombie now oh listen I have my gripes with some of Rob Zombie's movies what kind of gripes do you have with his movies Halloween <laughs> yes we're not going to talk about that that's all I have to say <laughs> I know, I agree. I get it. I like I said earlier, it was a choice. It was a choice. And and that's that's what I'm sticking to. But other than that, you know, this was fine. <laughs> like I said, entertaining, could put it on in the background. I don't have to pay too much attention to it. Is it violent? Yes, if you're not big into violence then don't, wa don't watch it. There are plenty of horror movies out there that aren't as violent as this. Uh, going back to what Andy said earlier, the sound design is, on, is something else because while I don't think the kills were brutal, the sounds that you hear definitely add to the scene and add to what's going on. If you are a Rob Zombie fanatic... You won't like what I have to say about this, and I'm very sorry. I would give this, like, 3 out of 5. 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, I was gonna go with 3.5. It wasn't deathbed awful, but it wasn't it stellar. So, I will give it 3.5 out of 5 as I, as I sit and 
as I sit with it over the course of today. Yeah, I'd give that movie a solid 3.5 out of 5. Um, like you said, it was a good movie. Um, it was one that you could just kind of watch in the background. Um, my favorite thing about the movie in total was I was watching it on my phone on the bus ride home from school. So just having people like glance over at my phone and then just see their reaction to the shit that I'm watching, it was great. I did find I did find myself distracted, but I definitely unless there was violence happening or unless father murder and the two sisters were talking, which wasn't all that often, I wasn't necessarily paying close attention, which I don't it's not my favorite habit. It's not my favorite thing to do when watching a movie. I did enjoy the cute little commentary that they had every now and again, like when one of the sisters would uh, tell them how long they had left, or if Malcolm McDowell would give them like a weird fact and then would redo the stats of their likelihood of survival. They never, they never really explained that either. Again, all things that... I understand that you don't have to explain everything in a movie. It's not always necessary. But when it's something like this where you're very clearly setting up multiple sequels that can be made after this, I feel like you're allowed to explain just a little bit. I sound a lot more angry at this than I really am, and I don't mean to. I did genuinely enjoy this movie. I just was a little disappointed by the lack of violence. It's okay. It's coming in the director's cut that Rob Zombie's going to tweet me about. He's going to tweet you and say it's never coming. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, Ryan, well, at least we know. At least it wouldn't be as ambiguous as this ending. She was going down with a fight, I feel like, is the implication of that. I was totally waiting for that car to just, like, fucking mow her down. No, he wanted to get up close and personal with her. Come on. He's a fucking sociopath. Remember when he was choking her? He wanted... He was telling her, like, look into the eyes of... What was the line? Of a... Ch- oh, look into the eyes of the champion. Like, what the fuck is that about? But again... So, yeah, he wanted to get up close and personal with her. He was a great actor. Very good actor. I would like to see him in more horror movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What was his name? Richard Burke? Horror directors, put Richard Burke in some fucked up shit that you're making. Because he does Psycho very well. Oh yeah, he does Psycho extremely well. Yeah, some people are just made to play psychopaths. So good job on casting Rob Zombie. They obviously knew what they were getting into. And I think it shows. And when you have a cohesive team that all meshes well together like that, you you make some good shit happen. So... On that note, thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Literally everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook and on our website at leftfordread.com. And Andy, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at SweetJustice1. Well, thank you for being here, and hopefully Chris will be returned to us soon. If not, I know where to find you.
So thanks for filling in, Chris. Find your way out of the drain, please. They all float down there. 